Welcome to the John Krasinski Show from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. This is TalkNorth.com. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. It's the best way to listen to this show or any show on the network. So I'm sitting in the Vikings post-game press conference late Monday night. Uh, John walks up, sits behind me, and I turn. I say to John, you know, it's a Timberwolves town and uh, right now. And what does John say? It's always been that, right, Jim? It's just... <laughs> Just needed to kind of have the the rose reach the sunlight a little bit more. So that's that's what it is. It's just taking a little time for everyone to recognize it. The only non-Timberwolves employee in town who would say it's always been a Timberwolves town. But let's go with it. Let's go with it. It is the best team in town. It's not even close right now. It is the best team in town. It's probably the most entertaining team in town. And uh, we're talking here on Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, they won Exactly the kind of game we are so used to watching the Timberwolves lose. Something goes wrong, and they they you know they go on a t- turnover spree. They, they they won a game against a really good team last night that felt like a loss for most of the night. They lose Anthony Edwards in the third quarter to a hip injury that's a little concerning. Uh, they aren't shooting the ball very well. Towns is not having one of his better nights, and they still come from behind and win. To me, that was that was. What you love to see from a team, you know, some grit, some cohesiveness under difficult circumstances. Yeah, Jim, I think like when you look at how long an NBA season is, 82 games, uh, the best teams, the ones that are putting together seasons that are notable and um, that have the potential to go further than what you're certainly normally used to seeing the Timberwolves go the those bet those really good teams find ways to manufacture wins um in unexpected fashion you know pulling something uh pulling the rabbit out of the hat sometime some way somehow and it did feel like that's what they did last night and i it's the troy brown jr game like you know he comes off the bench uh, plays out of his mind, fills in for Anthony Edwards, does, does all you know all the little things defensively, offensively, uh, that that it takes to get a, a win like that. And those are the kinds of victories that you know kind of do make you look, sit back a little bit in your chair and say, "Hey, what what really is going on here with this group?" Because they just have a uh, not just a resilience, but a fiber about them. Uh, this season that we that we just haven't seen from them in quite some time. And um, whether it's playing with shorthand with injuries like they did last night, whether it's you can't shoot and can't can't hit anything and then you find a way to 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 make some shots and get back into a game or just locking down defensively or having someone come off the bench who hasn't really done much all season and 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 fill the void. Like that's just the kind those are the kinds of nights that make you think, hey, maybe this team really is capable of doing something special. Uh, and uh, it was an unbelievable environment in Target Center last night. I think that was their best win of the season so far at, because Oklahoma City is really, really good. And just the way that they went about it and the way that they flipped things uh, from first half to second half was really impressive. It, it was. Uh, and I think we're seeing... You know, last year, as you and Chris High and other people have wrote, written about, uh, they kind of bounced between a couple of different defensive systems. They were trying to fit in Gobert. Gobert wasn't himself. Townsend. A lot of things went wrong last year. I think we're seeing now uh, 
why so many people were high on Chris Finch when he was hired and why so many people, you know, like him around the league. I mean, this team plays – and, to, you know, last night they won without really playing great offense, without Anthony Edwards in the game, late in the game. I But the previous game, there was one segment, John, where I, – I might mix up the names a little bit, but I think Edwards had a wide-open three and somebody closed out. He kicked it. Uh, Towns had a wide-open three. Uh, somebody closed out. He kicked it. It's like they made three or four passes in a row from open shot to slightly better shot. It ends up with Mike Connolly in the corner, swishes a three, and it was guys who get paid to score giving up the ball just to get a slightly better shot for a teammate. And that doesn't always happen in the NBA, and it seems to happen with this team a lot. Yeah, it's a great, great point, Jim. And I think Nas Reed made one pass too. Yeah, um, I, in, I think in, you're right. Nas is yep. in there too. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, there is an unselfishness that seems to be permeating this team. I think that we will see from time to time, and we even saw it in the Oklahoma City game, where um, Edwards will sometimes really kind of put it all on his shoulders and 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 force the issue a little bit. And he did it in the third quarter last night, and part of it for good reason. The, the offense was terrible in the first half. And Edwards got rolling in the third quarter and got some buckets to fall. And then it was a little bit tunnel vision. But in general, Mike Conley's been working a lot with Anthony Edwards on seeing the floor and getting teammates involved. And then as the ball starts popping around and as that breeds open shots and made shots, you do see it become contagious. And so I do think that we have seen this team kind of adopt that mindset more often than not this season. And one thing like that Nas Reed has said this a couple of times now, and I've, I've, and I think it's really interesting and indicative of where the team is at. You know, he, he has said that there's a maturity and a selflessness about this team because so many of the guys have in part, because so many of the guys have gotten their contract situations taken care of. Yeah. Rudy Gobert is a max deal. Carl Anthony Towns max deal. And Anthony Edwards max deal. Jade McDaniel's got his deal. Um, um, yeah, Nas Reed got his deal. Like the only guys who are sort of hanging out there a little bit are Kyle Anderson and Mike Conley. And they're in the last years of their deals, but they're like the most mature guys on the roster. They know that the, the business and they don't let that cloud the way that they play the game. They're unselfish by nature. So you see a team that plays much more like a team and as a group. And I think that makes them harder to defend and harder to defeat because you can see them being able to beat you in multiple ways. I mean, Towns did not have a good game last night. Anthony Edwards was out. Jaden McDaniels was out. And they still found ways to beat, which uh, what I cannot stress enough is a very good Oklahoma City team. They had the second best record in the West coming into the game um, on Tuesday night, and and they played really, really well in the first half. And then you just saw this Wolves team really dig in and climb out of the hole and and use that defense to put them in a vice and and not let go. It was. Um, it's, it's high-level stuff. It is. The John Krasinski Show is coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks also to our longtime sponsor, TSR Injury Law. My State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. 
Manscaped. Yes, so there will be a John Krasinski Manscaped read later in the show. All Energy Solar and Head Flyer Brewing, who hosts some of our bigger shows. Uh, this is one of our more, more popular shows. Highly recommend you subscribing to the show or any show you like at TalkNorth.com. We do two Viking shows, the Viking Update Show and Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with the former Vikings general manager. We've also added Dawn Mitchell's show, Dawn of Sports. And she's had a, just a slew of great guests on that show. And by the way, we're going to honor Dawn Mitchell's birthday and my friend Jerry Holt, uh, the great Star Tribune photographer. His birthday, Saturday night at Glicks. My band's playing 9.30 till about 12.30. Uh, again, a couple of birthdays. It's always a great time. Come out and join us if you can. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. Uh, what injuries are tough to talk about on podcasts? We, we don't have full information yet, but what do you think about An- Anthony Edwards' hip injury at this point? Yeah, it certainly looked bad when he fell um, trying, to, trying to dunk, and one of the Thunder guys got underneath him, and uh, and he just really landed hard on his hip. Um, when I was seeing him after the game, he was in very good spirits. Uh, they won the game. Anthony Edwards was joking around, you know, just kind of telling guys, Hey, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. Cause you know, now you get some shots up, but when I come back, those shots are going away. That kind of stuff, very playful, um, very good natured. And so I don't, I don't, he's not seriously hurt. It's not going to, that, no one believes that it's going to be an extended absence for Anthony Edwards. Would it surprise me if he missed Thursday against Utah and maybe, you know, maybe one, maybe another one coming up? No, it wouldn't surprise me because I'm sure that he woke up on Wednesday morning very, very sore. Um, And so I think that it would make sense that the Timberwolves will get um, some more tests done on, on Edwards just to kind of check it out and make sure everything is okay. But I think he avoided from all indications are he avoided any kind of a major injury. Um, and so, you know, maybe he misses, maybe misses Thursday against Utah, maybe Saturday against Charlotte. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, uh, but the one thing about Anthony Edwards is he seems to be a fast healer and, and get back in the game quickly. I remember last season, he had a similar fall against Milwaukee and I thought, oh, there's no way he's playing the next game. Um, and he ended up playing the next game against Detroit. So um, he has toughness. He wants to play. He wants to get out there. But I would imagine that uh, that he's going to be pretty, pretty sore and that the Wolves will probably not try to push anything with him this early in the season because he's so important to what they do. Which opens up a great opportunity for Troy Brown Jr. and for us to talk about Troy Brown Jr. Basically the 10th man in a nine-man rotation, uh, getting a little more run now with Jaden on the sideline. If Anthony Edwards is out, he'll probably get some run. Uh, really impressive performance on Tuesday night. Uh, and you know what came became very clear with all your guys' questions of Chris Finch is that uh, this guy has, has kept a very good attitude despite not playing a lot. Yeah, that's what everyone was talking about. Finch, Nas Reed, Rudy Gobert. They all mentioned um, the professionalism of Troy Brown. He came to this uh, to this team in the summer, uh, signed a two-year, $8 million deal. So it wasn't like he was a big money guy that was expecting to come in and play huge minutes. But Finch said that the, the plan was never to for Troy Brown to be out of the rotation. Uh, they wanted his length. They wanted his defense. They wanted his shooting in the rotation, especially kind of as a pseudo Torian Prince who left for, for the Lakers. Um, but 
as things shook out early in camp and early in the in the regular season, it was harder for Finch to find minutes for him. Um, you know, they they wanted to get Shake Milton going. They wanted uh, they played Nikhil Alexander Walker a lot. Um, and and so there were a lot of nights where either Troy Brown was not playing at all or playing five, six minutes. And um, the thing that has stood out to everyone is that he did not let that short playing time um, get into his head and he didn't get bitter about it. He just kept working, stayed at it, stayed ready for his time and and came through in a huge way against Oklahoma City. I mean, he had, uh, yeah, 17 points, five for six shooting, three for four threes, played really good defense, had a couple of very big rebounds. And the the one key thing that we saw in that Thunder game, Jim, is he created a few of his own shots. He wasn't just catching and shooting. Um, he scored a tough drive at the basket late in the game kind of an off the dribble three pointer at the end of the shot clock that that went through. And so getting that boost offensively for that second unit was enormous because Shake Milton just can't find it right now, um, has really struggled turnovers, shooting poorly, just does not seem to be comfortable at all. And so I think you're going to see Brown sort of leapfrog Milton in the hierarchy of the rotation, at least for the meantime here in the next week or two, while they try to, to work on getting shake um, in, into more of a groove. Cause he's just been out of sorts entirely. So getting that from Troy Brown jr. Was just essential uh, against the thunder and they'll need him going forward. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, we are brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. I want to thank a longtime sponsor, TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time. These are the easiest ads for us to do on this network. Because all they want you to know is if you're injured, you call 612 TSR Time. They'll take good care of you. They won't charge you unless they win your case. And they win a lot of cases. That's why they can afford all the advertising. That's why they can afford to move into just beautiful uh, new offices down there in Bloomington in a big, shiny building. That's why they keep growing because they win cases. If you're ever injured, you need good, ethical, uh, strong representation. That's what you get at TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. Thanks also to my State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland, H-O-A-G-L-U-N-D. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. Here's the deal. When you combine State Farm home and auto insurance, you save an average of $889 a year. My agency is ready to help you combine home and auto and start saving today. Call 763-421-4900 to start saving. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now, John, tell us about Head Flyer Brewing. Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, right on Hennepin Avenue, just off of the 35W exit. Uh, it's a wonderful brewery. I've been going there for years with my wife, not far from my hometown, from my home in uh, in Northeast Minneapolis, and just has great, great beer. It has great, great atmosphere. Um, all of the guys down there are trying and have done a great job of of making Head Flyer a destination spot for local sports in the winter time. Uh, they're having watch parties for the Vikings. They're having watch parties for Timberwolves 76ers, lots of TVs, an open airy tap room where you plenty of places to sit. They have food trucks that, that come there all of the time and you just can't go wrong going, going into head flyer, um, having yourself a, a great beer, a great cider, 
um, and, and, and just kind of checking everything out. So if you are in the area or even if you're not, and you're just looking for a place to watch one, the Red Hot Wolves, to watch the Vikings try to figure things out, go on down to Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, and tell them the John Krasinski Show sent you. In a few minutes, we'll get John Krasinski's world-famous, world-infamous Manscaped ad. Uh, for now, though, let's get back to, uh, to Jaden McDaniels. How, how much longer do you think he'll be out? He is starting to do some work on the floor um, at shoot arounds, a little bit of stuff in practices. I still think he's, I don't know, maybe a week, 10 days, two weeks um, away from from getting back out there full go. Um, But he's starting you're seeing him do a little bit more and more as he as he starts to ramp up and and get some some flexibility back in that ankle. Um, And it's clear, Jim, like. They don't just miss him defensively, which they obviously do. He's one of the best perimeter defensive players in the league, but they do miss his shot making offensively. Uh, I think that there's been a bit of a uh, a vacuum or a gap when they're looking for a third scorer to go with Edwards and Towns. And, um, you know, uh, Mike Conley has been up and down. He had a great game against Memphis. Um, and then just from a, he had played really well against OKC, but, uh, had, you know, was three for 14 from the field. So from a shooting aspect, didn't knock down many shots. Um, Nas Reed started to hit some shots again uh, against OKC, which was good for the, for the wolves to see, but he's been a little bit streaky lately. So they're in the market for a third Scorer, and I think Jaden McDaniels, with his ability to catch and shoot, with his ability to kind of create a little bit off the dribble, cutting to the basket, kind of getting the offense moving, him uh, being injected back into this uh, offensive structure is really going to help them whenever he does come back. But I don't think a return is imminent at this point. So we've been talking about Rudy Gobert being more fit, more Mm -hmm. healthy, um, but I'm not sure I was ready for a Rudy Gobert open court steal and <laughs> runaway dunk. Uh, that to me was, it was not only an important play, but that was kind of emblematic of just how different he is physically than he was last year when it felt like he was just going to hang around the rim and try not to get dunked on. Yeah, that's, that's, a, it's a great point and a good observation, Jim, because uh, what you see in this version of Rudy Gobert is, just someone who is so much more mobile and so much more confident in extending his defense out. And he's getting into passing lanes like he did uh, against Oklahoma City. He is going out and bothering Chet Holmgren out on the perimeter as well as laying back and, and deterring shots at the rim. And that mobility, um, that sort of emphatic play on his part was just not there last year, especially in the first half of the season. But even in the second half, when he started to find his way and, and, and play much better, it still wasn't like this. I mean, he, you know, Chet Holmgren played against Philadelphia uh, the other night, put up 33 points on Joel Embiid. Like he is had a great start to his rookie season. He looks fantastic. He's competitive, super skilled, um, and he is getting to where his spots where he wants and he's doing damage for the Thunder when he gets there. Uh, But 
when you watch what Rudy Gobert did to Chet Holmgren in the second half of the game against Oklahoma City, I don't know that you can play defense better than what Rudy did. I mean, he had Holmgren pump faking. He had Holmgren being hesitant near the rim. Uh, he he followed Holmgren out and contested jump shots either in the mid-range or even out at the three-point line and just absolutely wrecked that game with, you know, he blocked four shots, but it was more just his overall activity and mobility just navigating the half court and being, it seemed like, everywhere at the same time. That was Rudy Gobert against the Thunder. And, um, the you know, in the first half, the Wolves were down 12 points because the Thunder were kind of getting what they wanted offensively. They scored 61 points in the half. They shot like 54% uh, from the field in the half. And in the second half, Rudy Gobert just shut the faucet off. And they shot 30% in the second half. They scored 42 points total in the second half. And most of that, if you watch the game, is them try, is the Thunder trying to figure out how do we get around Rudy Gobert? How do we avoid him and generate shots where he's not affecting things one way or the other? And they didn't have an answer because Rudy was everywhere. And that ability for him to cover so much ground is even, I think, unique among Gobert's very lofty defensive standards. And so um, just for, for anyone who enjoys watching great defense, just put on the second half again of that game and watch Rudy anchor it and watch the rest of the, his teammates gravitate around him and switch and cover and hustle and rotate and do all of those things. I mean, it's world-class, just absolutely world-class defense. You know, the, the physical and the mental are so intertwined in sports. Last year, because he wasn't healthy, because he couldn't move his feet, uh, you know, that led to him not having very good hands. It's hard. Your hands aren't going to be as good when your footwork isn't as good. And I really questioned his basketball intellect last year. This year, with him completely healthy, you see him orchestrate, not only playing great defense, you see him orchestrating defense and making the right decisions constantly. Uh, now he, you know, he, he looks 20 times smarter now that he can move his feet. Yeah, I, I think so. And and I think um, last year what was a, there was a stubbornness to Rudy, understandably so, because he was coming from a team that had won a lot of regular season games, had won a, a, a playoff series or two, um, had had some success doing things the way that he likes to do them. And when you look at the way that he approached last season, number one, first and foremost, he just was not as healthy as he is this season. And so he wasn't moving as well as he is this season. And, and so that, that hindered him and his ability to really dominate uh, the way that he is normally expecting to dominate. Um, but another factor in that was that he wanted to do things his way because he had seen that work at a high level. And I think that there was a lack of compromise on his part to adapt to the teammates that he had in Minnesota versus the, the, the team in Utah that was essentially built entirely around him. 
And this season, one of the differentiators has been a more flexible Rudy Gobert in terms of doing things to empower his teammates and make his teammates better that aren't necessarily his bread and butter from a defensive standpoint. And the more success that he has had with that approach, the more confidence he is gaining. We were in the locker room after the game and, you know, he was asked about chasing Chet Holmgren out away from the rim about, about following him around the perimeter and, and bothering him that way. And, and what it takes to do that. And he just smiled and said, I can do it all, baby. And that kind of confidence and swagger was not there last year. There was uncertainty. There was frustration. There was all of these things that were factoring in to a just overall tension with Rudy. You could see it because he he's he was used to being much a much bigger factor um, than he had than he was last year. And it was bothering him and it was bothering everyone. Um, now he is physically dominating games again and mentally dominating games again. And he's doing it in a unique way compared to what he had done in the past. And I think that there is a bit of a um, an energizing element to that. Whereas, you know, he he knows he is doing things differently and being asked to do things differently. And now he knows he's excelling at those as well as what he always excelled at in the past. And I think that's giving him just an overall swagger about him that is much needed and 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 easily noticed uh among us who are in the locker room and i think his teammates are gravitating to that as well they they saw uncertainty last year they saw frustration here now they see just overpowering dominance and that is the quickest way to earn the respect of your teammates in the locker room is just to go out there and dominate and that's what he's doing right now now we're going to have John Krasinski dominate his latest Manscaped advertisement. Mary Ballsmas from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out that the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders and below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand-new performance package, 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0, watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC for 20% off and free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all. Included in this special sack is the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, and Manscaped's Liquid Formulations, and two free gifts. Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. The fifth-generation trimmer features two next-gen blade heads, a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. Now that you've groomed the candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Ball Deodorant. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. 
The gift of Manscaped doesn't stop there. This bundle comes with two free gifts, Manscaped's Boxers 2.0 Premium Underwear and the Shed 2.0 Toiletry Bag. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC. On a completely different subject, all <laughs> energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. That's whether you're looking at home, business, or both. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach. And thanks to all the sponsors who make uh, the show and the network possible. We do appreciate you all. Please, uh, please, if you can, uh, spend your money with our sponsors. We also would appreciate that. How many all-stars could this team produce? Oh boy, that's a great question. I mean, obviously Edwards is there. Yep. Um, I think Towns, with the way that he has played, will deserve consideration, especially if they're number one in the West. And Rudy deserves consideration. Uh, what the, the interesting thing all-star often does not recognize defensive talent. Now, Rudy mm-hmm. has been an all-star, and he's he's done it multiple times uh, by virtue of his defensive prowess. Um, but it's not he's you're not a shoe in for that. But the way that he is playing right now, he certainly is the favorite for defensive player of the year, all NBA uh, defense, um, all all defense uh, first team. He's been the best defensive player in the league, and he is playing on the best defense in the league and and on the team with that's a half game behind Boston for the best record in the league. So if this continues, yeah, you might see certainly multiple All-Stars, possibly three. Um, But I think that, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I could see Towns and Gobert sort of splitting the, the 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 Timberwolves vote in the reserves and maybe just one of them going. But hey, if they if they keep going the way that they are right now, they all deserve consideration for sure. And no doubt about it. Uh so how good is Chet Holmgren? And mm-hmm. is he right now what everybody is waiting for Wembenyana to become? There certainly is um a startling and striking similarities between the two players. Obviously, Wemby has a lot of the hype behind him as the number one overall pick, as the guy that we've kind of been watching for a couple of years over in France and super intrigued by. But I think that in this sort of attention span shortened uh, society that we live in right now, people kind of forgot about Chet when he sat out last year um, and and sort of let let him go out of sight, out of mind. And, you know, last year in the summer league, in his rookie year summer league, I mean, he was a sensation. Like he was all over the place, um, playing great and and just like completely dumbfounding scouts, coaches, executives with his combination of size, length, skill set, all of those things. And so we have seen that definitely manifest in his year two season, which is technically he's still considered a rookie because he didn't play last year. Um, but we talked to Mark Dagnall, the, the Thunder coach before the game uh, against OKC, and he said that there was de- there were definite benefits for Holmgren just from a physical and mental standpoint of watching last season. Um, his body looks more prepared for the rigors and the, and the physicality 
of the NBA in year two. Uh, I do think that him sort of getting a feel for the competitiveness, for the intensity um, of the game and, and just watching how, uh, how teams operate has allowed him to really understand where he can do his damage and where he can kind of exploit mismatches and weaknesses. And so uh, he's been terrific. I mean, I, I think he's been better than Wembanyama to start this season and he's on a team that is winning a ton of games. And so not only is he producing great stats and and playing very well, but he's impacting winning. And so that's the difference right now. Now, Wembanyama is going to be an unbelievable player. There's no question about it. Um, You know, from what I've seen, he's just, I mean, he's overwhelming and, and it's amazing what he does, but Holmgren, is a very reasonable facsimile of it. He's not quite as tall as Wembenyama, but he's still incredibly tall. He is every bit as skilled with his handle as Wembenyama is. He can shoot it pretty well. Um, he's a really good defender. And so as long as he stays healthy, um, he is going to be a star in this league for a very long time. And uh, and I just, I love it. And one thing that was really cool last night, Jim, was that, Rudy, after the game, actually gave Chet some props because, um, you know, he Rudy was asked at shoot around a lot about Chet Holmgren. Um, and then during the game, Rudy played with a with a, a chip on his shoulder, kind of like I'm the man right now and I'm going to show this young guy who is running stuff. And he was very intense. He was very physical with Chet, and he really outplayed Chet and 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 had him in a route and had him in a bad way. But the thing that Rudy said after the game was that he gave Chet his props because he kept coming back at Rudy, even when his shot was getting blocked, even when he was getting dunked on. Um, no matter what, he kept competing and kept going back at him, and so um, he was not allowing Rudy to bully him to um to kind of just get him into kind of mental dire straits it was he he did not have a good game he was six for 20 um and he was he looked like he was really in tough uh in a tough space trying to figure out how to get around rudy but he never quit and that earned a lot of respect for him with rudy gobert and i thought that was pretty high praise yeah that's good stuff. It, listen, if I if I seem a little tired uh, during this recording, John, I, I have a good excuse. Mm. I've just been so wrapped up in the in season tourney, and yeah. so it's so devastated by the Timberwolves not making it to the quarterfinals. I just haven't been able to sleep. I I, I totally get it. For me. It's mentally exhausting trying to compute the point differentials and the tiebreakers and who's in what group and all of those things. And yeah, so it, it, it keeps me up at night. Unfortunately, the Wolves will not be going to Vegas. Um, and I, I thought it would have been fun. It would have been a cool thing because um, not only would they have been in Vegas, but the Vikings were in Vegas that weekend. And it would have been a really cool kind of Minnesota takeover of that town. Um, but yeah, all for not, they went three and one in the group play. And because of these Byzantine point differential tiebreakers and things, they did not make it to the knockout round. So their consolation prize, Jim actually worked out beautifully in their favor because the NBA, when they announced the schedule, 
they only had 80 games for every team because it, yet they had to see how this tournament worked out, who advanced, who would get extra games in the tournament versus regular season. And so because the Wolves are not in it, they had to schedule two more games for them. And the NBA gave them uh, San Antonio at home next Wednesday and then on the road at Memphis next Friday. And two really struggling teams um, that should be pretty close to to guaranteed W's for this group. And so everything coming up Timberwolves right now is what is what the, the short answer is to that to that question. And as you said on Monday night, I mean, when hasn't it all come up Timberwolves? Exactly right. Yeah, it, it just people didn't realize it. You had to squint a little bit harder to see that this is a Timberwolves town, that this league is really the Timberwolves league. Now, even the casuals can see it. So pretty impressive. The casuals. We have a new tag for uh, the non-diehard basketball fan. The casuals. We, used to, we have bigs, we have littles, we have casuals. Uh, welcome we, we can, to the welcome to the uh, to the celebration. I think there's going to it's the bandwagon is going to start filling up here. The casual. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, one of the, this might be the last question of the show. We'll see which team in the West other than the Nuggets is the biggest threat to the Wolves trying to get a top two or three seed. Yeah, um, I I really I like OKC a lot, Jim. Um, I I just think that they are the way that they attack things. I think they're going to be in this the whole way. Phoenix is the other team that I look at as a, a real potential problem. Um, they the Wolves just seem to have you know a hard time with Devin Booker. The whole league has a hard time with Devin Booker. But I look at teams that can spread you out that can that can play a high octane offense that can move the ball. So it's Phoenix, OKC, and then Sacramento. Those are the three that, you know, Sacramento had their way with the wolves at home here last week. And I think that was a bit of an eye opener for the Timberwolves in terms of tough teams to match up with. Um, the rest of them, I'm not really all that worried about Dallas. Um, I, the Lakers are who they are. Houston, New Orleans, um, the Golden State looks kind of cooked, honestly. Um, so a lot of these teams, I, I love the way that the Wolves match up against them. Um, it's just the, the the teams that can go a little smaller, that can spread you out, can move the ball and hit open threes. Those are the teams that potentially could give the Wolves problems. But they're right now, they're a game and a half clear of Denver and for, for the one seed in the West. They are piling up these victories and getting a little cushion. And they look as as good as anybody does in this conference right now, which is crazy to say, you know, given that you and I have watched this team over decades uh, constantly just trip over themselves. Um, but uh, it looks really good right now. Yeah, and, and you know what? Selfishly, as someone who liked the Gobert trade when it was made and and thought that it still had a chance of succeeding this year, it's kind of gratifying to see. I mean, honestly, I didn't think Gobert would be this good this year. Mm -hmm. I thought the team had a chance to be good, uh, but Gobert's been. I, mean, I thought Gobert had a chance to have a good season. I thought this team had a good chance, a chance to have a good season, and both have exceeded my expectations. For sure, I, I think. Um... The big one, of the big questions coming into this season was what was what we saw last season from Rudy, the beginning of the end. Was this the age kicking in? Was was this the was he falling off of the cliff as many big men do in their early to mid thirties? 
Um, or, you know, and the, the answer so far is a resounding no. And the thing that I look at in terms of how the how the how how the the perception of it has changed so quickly is um i you know i think the people two two guys who benefit a lot from this happening are chris finch and tim Connolly because both of these guys are incredibly smart basketball minds and they were very steadfast that this was a good move that this would work out that um that they could figure out ways to configure their roster and the rotations to make the Timberwolves a very difficult team to match up with. And both guys took a ton of arrows last season. Some of it was deserved because the team was not playing well. Um, but I, you know, I just kept saying like, these guys are not dummies. Like I've, you know, I've covered Timberwolves leadership that has been, you know, rudderless and this is not, this group is not that. And so I think there's a little bit, you know, so very, very early, anything can happen, but there's a little bit of vindication for Connolly and Finch as guys who saw a vision for what could happen and now are seeing that come to fruition after, you know, a ton of skepticism and criticism of both of them last season. Just got a final thought on anything John wants. Once again, thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks to TSR Injury Law, State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, All Energy Solar. Again, my band is playing 9.30 Saturday Night Glicks, celebrating Don Mitchell and Jerry Holt's birthdays. Come out and join us if you can. And now, John, final thought on anything you like. Yeah, just like uh, one thing that has really stood out is how much fun it is in Target Center. Yeah, uh, The place is full. They're selling every seat that they that they want to sell right now. Um, they've kept the up the upper decks of the end zones um, empty at, at at this point, but the place is full. It's super loud. Um, the game against the Thunder was really fun because there was an intensity and an energy to it because the crowd knew it was number one versus number two in the West, and it was really back and forth and a and a great intense game, and. People are on their feet. They're yelling. They're cheering. They're booing the the refs. They're booing the the other team. And um, I'm just really enjoying seeing that kind of energy and that crackle um, out there so early in a season. And so uh, I would say that you know as you as the holidays come along, and if you have a chance to get to a game and and check it out, I know they're not cheap, but um, but it's a very very fun environment right now. And um, it's much, much different than the normal target center that we are used to seeing. And that's a, it's a very cool thing. It is, it's gonna be a fun season. This is the best place to catch up on Timberwolves news and insights. Thanks to John. Uh, appreciate Ethan Kasson coming on last week while I was on vacation. We're gonna have Ethan on fairly regularly to talk about the business side of things and also his views of the basketball team. Uh, so let's gear up for a fun season. Thanks for listening.